Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. It's episode 96 and we are back. And you know, I've got to apologize right up front, guys. I know that I've been told not to apologize so much. Stop but apologizing. this one I deserve to apologize because I uh, I failed as photog adventures. I thought I posted last week's podcast and I did not. We did so it. it only came out yesterday. Right, because we did it um, live, right? And so you're supposed to take that recording and post it. Yeah, it was a Facebook the... Live. I had it set up. I had to add and edit a few things out because it was yeah. so long. And so I did so much planning, thinking, editing, putting together, went to babysit, watch my kids. You can't call babysitting your kids. It's 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 wrong babysit your own for you kids. to say you babysit <laughs> your own kids. But my terminology is if I'm looking over two children that are tiny, it's babysitting. You're babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to do that was finishing it. A nap ended early, and so I couldn't finish what I was doing. And unfortunately, have you ever done that before, where you have something that you've done like 75% of the way? Oh, yeah, and you, think it's, and I, the, you, you thought done. it was done. You must have finished it. It yeah. must be done. And it wasn't. Mm. So we went 14 days without a podcast. I'm sorry, guys. That was just dumb because it was there. So sorry about that. But I'm done saying sorry. Okay. I don't want any more iTunes reviews saying Aaron's depressing. We got to get rid of those. <laughs> and I mean, not in the sense that I have to delete them because I can't, but in the sense of more positive reviews taking their place. And mm. on that note, guys, it'd be awesome. We're hitting 100 episodes soon. It'd be great if iTunes was 100. alerted that you guys still think the podcast is awesome. And alive. <laughs> and, and you're still alive. listening. So what's, up? what's new with you, man? Um, yeah, uh, Drew and I went out on Sunday to the... Um, canyon by my house and got some waterfall pictures in the fall colors that was pretty nice it was I'm good. surprised because all of the hills up here have completely browned up and it's done you know yeah. like the season came and it's gone i missed it there's still if you go in the canyon though there's several canyons around these mountain ranges huge right i mean there's canyons everywhere so you go up some of these canyons and you, you i'm surprised there's still a lot of green leaves just low enough elevation, not cold enough yet. Yeah, like or they're just turning yellow, and they're still. I mean, we saw some yellow and red, like um, maple leaves that were like the red and the yellow mm, kind of nice. coming into it, and they were still all on like a branch, you know, like fully loaded still, and we were able to pick some of those off and, you know, add to our composition a little bit. <laughs> As you add do sometimes, to your composition. We added to our composition. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> Um, I've never done it. We did, we did smear or not smear. We did play with the, play with our, you know, our foreground a little bit. Um, and in that area where I, we went, there's tons of like broken down branches and trees that get like, you know, slammed from like Mm, too much snow and overgrowth and stuff. Yeah. And so the first couple of times I went, um, I did some clearing away the third time I went, I did like a lot of clearing away in certain spots and even built up like some rocks where I could set stand in and build my um, scene better. Not like, not like to photograph, but to build where rocks where I, could, where I could stand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Set gotcha. up my tripod and just make it more convenient to take photos of. Right and on. so I did a lot of that. And I thought, you know what, if I come up here like every week, I could do a lot of like 
really cool things to make it easier to take the shots and to just clear the debris that's just nasty. It just doesn't need to be there. People are going to start reporting you as that hobo who lives up here because you come Maybe. regularly building your house. I do still fantasize about buying the last house on the block where that where that trail starts. So. What would it cost you? Uh, 600000 Oh, okay. I mean, so, you've got you that know, in your wallet right now, so I don't yeah, know why you don't All I need it. is like a million, really. If I get a cool <laughs> million, I, I could buy that and the lot next to it, and I'm set. <laughs> then I could be up that cannon once a week easily. Yes. I mean, I can still go once a week now as it is. It's not bad, but yeah, make it even easier. <laughs> well, what's new with me is that in this new studio, I have been like the live king constantly live in fact yeah taking full advantage of that huh oh i'm loving you got good it. speed i'm also you tired good, yeah i bet <laughs> i had two live videos yesterday plus a live with monday moment of envy so i was live three times yesterday and kathy hennahan knows it because she was a part of it each time wow thanks kathy thanks for being a, my buddy and all of i these. didn't even know you were three times i knew i just knew the one time it's I because just... the milky way course participants are the only ones who oh, got those two very so cool. i do a morning class and a night class it's kind of like office hours that's cool and i just talk about anything that comes up for instance erwin wanted to know about time lapses mm. and i explain the entire process <sighs> it's been great and join me on live we're doing live milky way wednesday every wednesday night at seven o'clock so if you get this podcast tonight seven o'clock mountain time then it's going to be one o'clock mountain time for thursday's gear time live mm-hmm. with you and drew which mm-hmm. has been fantastic and cool i and brendan whenever brendan makes it we do a monday moment of envy live at one o'clock mm-hmm. just know this monday moment of envy only on facebook milky way wednesday and gear time only on YouTube. Yeah. Look for that schedule. Help us out. If you have any friends, ask them to subscribe. Ask them to jump in here. Uh, we are having a blast with it and building more constant content, and it feels amazing. Yeah. I'm yeah. loving it. Other than forgetting that I didn't post the actual audio version of the podcast last week. Oh. <laughs> There's always got to be something. So they get a two for one week this week then, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So here's how this episode's going to go. I okay. have a couple topics that I have for Brandon and I to rumin- ruminate over live with you guys, as well as a gear time related rumination that I already okay. hinted to you mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. So when you think about brand new photographers, myself, you guys were all like this. You jump in to photography and maybe you started long enough ago, Brennan, you won't have the same experience, but Mm. YouTube, I watched everything on YouTube that I possibly could about photography. Mm -hmm. I found podcasts and I looked for them, listened to them, and I was anxious. What's the F-stop? Just say the F-stop that you did. Mm. Okay, (laughs) that's the recommended F-stop. I can't wait to try that. And you go to your camera and you try it out. You're like, okay. I kind of don't see the difference. I wonder what the difference was. And you learn and you learn. And it's just, you're eating it up. Mm-hmm. You're eating up everything. Reading constantly. Listening constantly. Reading blogs constantly. Watching vlogs of Thomas Eaton, Nick Page constantly. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Nick Page, if you're listening to this, man, thanks for showing up in that live on Milky Wednesday last Wednesday. That was an honor. I loved it. I wanted to make a bigger deal out of it, but I had a lesson to teach, and so I didn't. <laughs> so if you didn't see me kneel down and start running postrate at my knees saying, hey, thanks for joining us, one of my heroes. Uh, hey, you didn't see that, but I felt it, thought it, and I wish you could have seen it because I just want you to know we love you, man. We love you, and we're so glad that you came in, and I hope you're listening right now to hear this. Yeah, it'd be awesome. So then you do all this stuff to jump into photography, 
and things kind of change as you go from a year to two of constant loving it. That's why a lot of people mm -hmm. on the podcast right now are probably within their first two years of photography because mm, yeah, they're just yeah. so excited. And if they're not first to photography, they're first to Milky Way photography. Mm, and so yeah, they got yeah. that, like that hunger and craving to just hear someone talk about it all throughout their possible times that they have during the day. Mm -hmm. We have photographers out there who have been doing it now for four years, five. Right. They, they still have the hunger and the love and the drive, but not as much as they did the first two years. Yeah. Where anybody, anywhere talking about photography, they wanted to hear it. Right, now, where they kind of get things down. They start paring yeah. down their influencers and stuff like that. Kind of picking yeah. the people they mm -hmm. like to follow, the people that they agree with, and the people that yeah. they're thinking matches up with their thinking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what kind of advice and what kind of perspective, what kind of perspective can you hook up these listeners with who are four years along? Because we've done a lot of beginner mm. stuff, a lot of brand new photographer stuff, and that's, that's kind of easy. Right. What do we say to a four-year veteran? Um, what comes to my mind immediately is the what I just... Um, was watching one of the Northrop's videos and they were saying one of the, one of the videos they did within the last year or two was you don't need a new camera body. Maybe you just need something different, like a different lens or maybe even they were saying like, it was like, it was like a video about five things that you could do with your money instead of buying a camera body that would bring your photography up. So bring your photography, photography quality up a level. Yeah. So you don't necessarily need a new body and new sensor to improve your photography. And that's what, I mean, I'm still using a, a 5D Mark III and I'm still very happy with the pictures that I get just because I'm going to a different location. I'm going to a workshop. I'm going to with a group with different ideas and different experiences and I'm learning from them. So these are things you can do. So that's what I would tell someone who's been doing it for four or five years is don't list, don't necessarily think about upgrading your, your stuff unless you want a lens specifically for a certain purpose. That's fine. But there's workshops you can take. There's places you can go. There's experiences you can have and people you can hang out with that will up your photography, not just getting, not just spending three grand on a camera body, but spending three grand on three workshops instead might give you a better, you know, a better sense of your photography or improve your photography in general. I like that advice because you think about it, if you brought two camera bodies or three even and put them on tripods next to each other and captured an image the exact same way, the exact same time, are you really going to look at each picture and it's, go, obviously this one's a million times yeah, better? Yeah, it's minuscule. It's minuscule probably. It's like a difference in memory. Like, hey, my memory's like five nanoseconds faster than yours. Like, wow. I well, really notice right. that you every win, day. But yeah. <laughs> does it really change anything? And, and that's the thing is like the camera body, you know, the camera makers want us to buy new bodies every year. So they want to try to give us to, you know, oh, it's 45 megapixels, it's 50 megapixels, whatever. It's like, well, it's great. You can print a bigger print, but are you really printing something bigger than a 20 by 30 now anyways? And, right. You know, maybe. But if you need to do that, if you need to print a 60 by 80, then yeah, then you have a technical need and you need to buy a better, bigger sensor to, to accomplish that. But could you still accomplish that? Yes, because you could do a pano or you could do, you know, nine, a nine segmented pano and still get the perspective and still, you know, shoot like a medium format without having a medium format just by cropping it. And just there's things you can do, you know, yes. that you can learn new skills and, and, ex, and, ex, and have better experiences that will upgrade your photography and bring it up a couple levels without necessarily buying the newest tech.
Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm going to cheat and take a break before we come back okay. and I give my answer. We'll come back and we'll talk about what I'm feeling like I would tell a four-year veteran of photography what they could do, what kind of advice mm. I would give. And it'd okay. be in any different areas. I think I'm going to come back with three areas that I'm going to talk about and I want your comments on each one. Okay. Let's go ahead and take our first break of the podcast and we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Photog Adventure Podcast, guys. And you know what? I'm cheating a little bit extra because during that mm. break, I wanted to include our admins because not only are they awesome photographers, awesome guys, they also have been photographers for four plus years. So they're perfect right, for this. Right, yeah, yeah. And on the call right now, we have our admin, Rob Ryan. Hey, Rob. Hey. And he has no idea what question I'm about to ask him. <laughs> and so, Rob, you're giving on advice. On the spot. <laughs> on the spot. Oh, great. Ah, you're going to do awesome. You're going to do great. So... <laughs> We're talking about how a lot of the podcast topics have been for people who are complete beginners and that the, the, the universe of photographers is so different from that first year of hunger, learning everything to your fourth year and plus. And so we wanted to adjust that advice for someone who is a four-year veteran. So thinking of a four-year veteran in mind, what would be your top advice that you would give them about anything in photography? Oh man, that's kind of a tough one, but that's a really broad know, question. Prob <laughs> <laughs> probably be to not be afraid to branch out into different types of photography when you're starting to feel a little burned out because that burnout, I mean, it's kind of inevitable. It's going to happen. Mm, we're just focusing so like on like one area too much. Yeah, and if burnout happens, and like Brennan just said, focusing on one area too much, it can happen. You're saying the advice to recover from it would be to what? just branch out. And it's not if burnout happens; it's really when. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what has happened for you? You had burnout, I'm assuming. Yeah, this year actually, I got pretty burned out on Milky Way photography. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm losing the call. Okay, we're going well, through we, a tunnel. Sorry, we're gonna um, <laughs> got disconnected there. <laughs> So how so dare really you? <laughs> so would you so branch out is, into? I've branched out into wildlife stuff. Mm. Oh. He went to the nature, the nature side, the natural side. Branching natural out. Side. So you're taking <laughs> pictures during the day. That's that's weird. Yeah, that is kind Wait, of weird. broad instead daylight. Of chasing, <laughs> and instead of chasing clear skies, I'm chasing grizzly bears. Hmm. Oh, well, I hope it's better than chasing you, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so then Rob Ryan's advice would be that in that when that inevitable burnout happens, because you are I was talking about that hunger you can't quite feed, you can't quite satiate, you're mm. going to satiate it. You're gonna find out that oh, okay, after a couple I, years, yeah. You start going like, Oh, okay. I've done this enough. Yeah. Maybe maybe uh Maybe what else could I do? Should I stop photography or should I do something else? And so, Rob, that's good mm. advice, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's oh, I felt like that was weird the way I said thank you, and then he came back with uh, the, just a thank you. Yeah, also I didn't awkward. Know, didn't know what to say. <laughs> I know. It was way too awkward. Thanks for getting on the call with us, man. And you were first, and so we'll see. When Brent and Dan get on, I'm going to say to them, well, this is what Rob said, so you have to pick something else. And I might even <laughs> let them get started and be like, no, <laughs> topic's been taken. Yeah. <laughs> I, I suspect one of them will say something similar. 
It's interesting. Yeah, it's very we might have to address burnout in an, in an entire episode. The cure for burnout. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Rob, for getting on with this, man. Hope you have a good night. Yep. See you, Rob. No problem. Have a, have good, a good night. One. Later. So that was awesome advice that we got from Rob Bryan. I'm going to go ahead and pull up Dan. If you want yeah. to make any comments while I get down on the line, go ahead. Um, yeah. So uh, Milky Way photography is still very new to me, even though I've done. Okay, it's ringing. It's I can't. ringing over you it's now. It's talking over me. I can't believe this. <laughs> so embarrassing. Your advice can come later. My, embar- my advice is now ended. <laughs> Without hey, even Dan starting. Lindhart, you're listening to us talk to you, but do you realize you're on the recording end of a podcast? Sweet. <laughs> yeah. We're going to use Arnold Schwarzenegger voices from Kindergarten Cop and prank call you right now. Oh, that sounds exciting. So wait for our call back. We'll call you back. I'm, Sp- I'm Sir Kimball. What is it? I'm John Kimball. I'm John <laughs> You better leave enough space in your stomach. No, what's he say? I hope you're hungry because you've got to leave enough room in your space, your stomach for my fist. How's that line go? I don't remember that. Leave enough space in your stomach for my fist. (laughs) I can't remember. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Oh, that's classic. What kind of podcast is this? Well, we're not quite sure yet. We're only 96 episodes in, so we'll figure it out someday. (laughs) So Daniel Lindhart is one of our admins and awesome buddies of ours. It's on Milky Photography and other types of photography with us Mm -hmm. for now two years. Um, Dan, what we're asking, and we're talking to people. No, we're not talking to people. We're talking about people who are first-year photographers all the time in this podcast. Here's some advice for beginners, advice for beginners, advice for beginners. And the podcast is awesome for beginners, but then sometimes we graduate. And two years into our own podcast, people are graduating with us Mm -hmm, from those mm -hmm. beginner tips. And so we're focusing more on four-year plus. And being a four-year plus photographer and being a guy who we know is an awesome photographer, we're going to hit you up with no notice whatsoever <laughs> on what would be what would be your top advice that you would give a four plus year veteran photographer any topic in photography um any topic interesting and you are on the clock i'm not editing any you know the i think the biggest thing is just to get out and do it um Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of us, especially as we as we get further into it, uh, can get burnt out. Um, <laughs> Topic has been taken. That's what know? Rob talked about. <laughs> really? Nice. Yeah, that's but exactly that, what Rob said. But that but that kind of shows like that's kind of funny how these these two guys just totally randomly came to that as one of their first things is like burnouts possible. So yeah. let's just hear yeah. this. Let's see what Dan has to say about I it. I do want to hear your solution for burnout <laughs> because. If that's what you both think of when you think of four-plus-year photographers, instead of thinking, well, instead of dealing with photography this way, I deal with this way, everyone thinks, well, when you get tired of doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think the big thing is, is like the first year, two years, you're learning so much about photography and the different things that you can do that once you, once you learn all the basics, uh, you know, even – even with editing things like that, it, it just becomes uh, it, it's harder to find something new. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like for me, I, I tend to keep things a little more well-rounded. If I get burnt out on landscapes, I go out and shoot wildlife. Or if I if I get burnt out on wildlife, I go shoot astro. You know, something like that. I mm-hmm. try and keep myself a little more well-rounded. 
Now, when you say well-rounded, I'm picturing it as the advice of don't wait until you're burned out with one where it's like, I'm going to eat mac and cheese until I throw up. Now I'm going to eat ramen every day until I get sick of it. Then I'm going to go eat ice cream every day. You're saying... Some people are like that. <laughs> but <true>. Bachelors. <laughs> if you approach your I photography that way, then... <laughs> so you're suggesting a more well-rounded one. Am I safe to assume that you mean do all three throughout the next several months? Don't just do one burnout, do the other burnout. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. Okay. Just uh just keep yourself busy, get out and shoot no matter what it is. Um you know, if there's no no wildlife in between uh in between migration, it's uh it gets a little slow, so Interesting, there's uh, a season there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so go out and shoot some landscapes. Uh, same thing with Astro, that's coming to an end. Go out and shoot. Oh. You know, snow, fall, fall colors you know mm -hmm. like maybe like we should go on a crazy bike ride down six to six to nine miles to fifth fifth springs was it fifth water yes, canyon fifth, mm. fifth water hot springs <laughs> yes uh, let's do no, it again but this time the easy yet. way it's not cold enough well you mean it'll be easy for us to get there sounds great let's go yes yes the gate's yeah, probably snow, still though. open now yeah. <laughs> but this winter man we gotta hit up this snowy version where it's just pristine looking yeah, that would be nice. Brand new snow. Cool, Dan. We got plans for that, and we're going to hang out again soon with doing something else. We got to. Mm -hmm. So thanks for getting on the call with us, man. Last-minute request and on-the-spot advice. Thanks, man. <laughs> Not a problem. Thank you. Right. Yeah, have, a have a good, good night, night, man. man. See yeah, you. Too. Bye. Bye. So far, so good with these impromptu, impulsive, just, I'm going to put these guys completely right up to the mm -hmm. mic and say, tell us something brilliant. <laughs> And they're doing it pretty well so far. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to call our last person. You were starting your advice. It'll take a second before I hit call so I can get a little further in your advice. Did I, honestly, I don't, what was I even saying? I, you started. You hadn't said anything yet. You were just saying, you know, with the burnout being inevitable. Yeah. Um, you know, what's interesting is doing anything like even a small studio um, space in your house or um, someplace to doing like studio stuff indoors, no matter what the weather's like, no matter what the conditions are like, day or night, you can do studio photography. And of course, macro, macro oh, photography can be done also anywhere, anytime, you know, and yeah. you can do fascinating abstract photography and do something really cool with, by using macro techniques and doing stuff, just ordinary stuff around the house and just playing with lights and playing with shapes, playing with, with uh, transparency and glass and all kinds of cool stuff you can do um, in the macro world. And you can do that any time of the day, any, any place also. So outside macro, inside macro, it's all really cool and really fun and explore, you know. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I was just thinking while you're saying that, that I am getting into, and this happens every year, once winter comes around, I get longing for green growth yeah. plants. And yeah. so I start growing my carnivorous plants. I just recovered the lights and terrariums and some of the parts that I need to grow some indoor carnivorous plants. Nice. And I have it just outside in that room. Okay. And I'm looking forward to growing some plants again and doing macro photography of a drosera or mm -hmm. nepenthe these leaf in time lapse as it grows its mouth oh that would be awesome and you can do it man. i'm going to i have yeah. two camera bodies too so i can leave one there time lapsing all the time that's crazy awesome so yeah i'm excited about that yeah let's call brent huntley and see what he's at because he said he was doing bath time for his new baby oh that could take some time wow actually new babies actually can bathe pretty fast oh, so. i called him on facetime audio that's why it sounds weird 
call regular a regular call. Yeah. So it's just a pre-call warning. I was like, his call ringtone's different. Why? Yeah, yeah. It was. Boop, 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 boop. I'm sure you guys remember it because you just heard it. Mm-hmm. Hi, this is Brent. Hey, Brent. This is Aaron King with Photog Adventures, and you are on wait, the, the air. radio. You're the air. On the You're air. on the air <laughs> in a recording. <laughs> <laughs> have you finished your bath time with your newborn yet, or was it another child? I have not, but he's doing great. He's doing great, so you can talk right now. Because we have one question for you, and if you answer correctly, we'll give you the mega million billion dollar lottery right now. Actually, it's a pair of socks. It's a pair of socks. That's all I got for him. We do have socks. I have these (laughs) pink socks from MailChimp for some reason. MailChimp socks? Yeah, MailChimp sent me socks. Okay. (laughs) At any rate. (laughs) (laughs) No, see, MailChimp's the company. They just want my money. Mm -hmm. So here's the question. And in our podcast, Photog Adventures, let me set it up a little bit. We've talked a lot about things that are great advice for beginner photographers. And those beginner photographers who come around every day, brand new ones are born. They're constantly loving and eating up that advice. But then, you know, as we're now here for two years in the podcast, we have people who have followed us for two years and are graduating from that beginner photographer who everything, they're just so crazy and hungry for everything to learn they're now four plus years into their photography Mm -hmm. so Brent being a four plus year photographer being a guy who's an awesome photographer who's done a lot of different types what would be your number one advice for a four year veteran in photography on any topic in photography Um, I was actually thinking about this today Um, Hmm. my biggest advice would be to try something new Mm. Um, Why? Why would they try something new? <laughs> so I was at this point a couple of years back, um, you know, doing primarily landscape and travel photography, which is what I do. Um, when I saw that there was a, a basketball tournament, a college basketball tournament here in Vegas, mm-hmm. and I went on to buy tickets because my team was playing in it, and I saw a little link in the corner that Go said Cougars. media credentials. Mm. <laughs> so... I saw the link that said media credential and I thought, why not? Let's give it a try. And so I, I logged on to it and set up an account and applied for media credentials just with my website. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, I got media credentials to shoot <laughs> the tournament. Nice. That's so, actually how I met Brent. I talked to him for the first time ever. When he bragged, well, okay, you were saying it in a nice way that you got them. And I saw that your pictures were of BYU Cougars. So I started talking to him because I'm a BYU Cougar fan. And that's when Brent and I first went back and forth on the topic long before he ever knew our podcast existed. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. I don't really remember that. (laughs) I was not I don't remember it that way. I remember some jerk talking to me back then. I don't remember what they were. I remember were. being harassed by some guy. <laughs> so it's interesting that what you're saying is do something different. Um, before I assume any reasons why you're saying it, keep going with your advice. Yeah, so um, for me, just having that new experience, something new to learn and figure out how to do it kind of reignited the passion of, of you know, not just doing the same thing over and over, but something completely new I gotta I gotta learn how to focus differently I've got to learn completely different exposure how to track the action um, mm. so I, I feel like when when you're learning and you're progressing faster you're more interested in it and and you grow faster and so when you have something new to learn 
you're going to be more passionate about it. You know, they say the best way to learn a language is with a lover. Passion obviously is necessary to oh, learn sure. something quickly. Yeah. So, Brent, you have actually touched on the exact same topic that <laughs> Rob and Dan talked about, but you came at it from a different perspective. Yeah, which is cool. You know, yeah. I don't think it's the way I'm asking the question because I think I tried really hard to just be like, hey, yeah. give them advice. But I guess maybe the term advice means something's amiss. And when you think four-year veteran, four years. you're like, okay. You've well, been in some for four years, yeah, and maybe. anybody who's a four-year of anything knows that this thing you love, you still can get tired of and so mm-hmm. all of you guys have hit on the topic of when you get tired of doing this do something different to make it exciting again mm-hmm. and I love Brent's advice that you're not only going to do something different to break up the monotony but you're learning again mm-hmm. you're basically starting over as a beginner in something and it reignites the passion Yeah, that's awesome Brent yeah thank you for calling yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome for calling. He's busy doing a bath time and giving advice. So, Brent, thanks so much for jumping in on this. You guys will be back on in a different way, not on a phone call, in our episode 100 when we're celebrating 100 episodes. Mm-hmm. We celebrated 50 with them. We're celebrating 100 with them and with Jeff Harmon. So, I'm excited for yeah, it. Yeah, that'll be we're awesome. We're only four episodes away Woo-hoo. from that. So, Brent, keep your schedule free from now until when I tell you. Great. We'll see you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Brent, for getting on, man. Thanks, Brent. See you. All right. See you, man. So interesting. You ask a few photographers advice for veteran photographers, and they all go towards the direction of when you get tired of doing it. Mm -hmm. Maybe because when you're learning, you kind of pick one area, right, that you really like that first gets your attention, you know? So like maybe um, some people really like cityscapes and so they just really just like really learn everything they can technically about the camera, technically about processing and all the the de- detailed technical things that go into taking a good picture, right? Yeah. And producing a good image. And then once they go through that whole process of learning, it takes about a year or two to really get that, that really good, you know, uh, level of comfort that you start thinking Okay, I've taken like a million city shots now. Yeah. And I'm processing them all the same. They all look really good and sharp and, you know, I nailed it. So now what? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so just like, I don't really feel like going out and shooting Chicago again. Like, what do I do now? Don't take so, don't put Chicago in this. Yeah, no. Because then when you're tired of Chicago, you come to Southern Utah and you realize, oh my gosh, I can see every single star in the sky. This is insane. And you're like, <laughs> unless yeah, you, come in you August. need to come here <laughs> unless you come in August. Yeah. So um, I was about to say, who would not want to shoot Chicago? But then you gave a perfect example of who. Right. And pretty much Kathy, Mary Beth, but, John, Tim, Jeff. Right. All of them came from Chicago. And for us, and for us we're shooting mountains and and uh, night skies all the time. And so for us, going to a big city and shooting cityscapes would be exciting and new and something cool to explore because we don't really have a cool downtown. We have like a little downtown with like a few big buildings. And it's not really that awesome cityscape that you get from places like Chicago and New York. And so yeah, um, East Coast just has a totally different vibe. And you get the older buildings, the newer style, you know, and just glass and steel everywhere. And it's just these beautiful cityscapes you can capture and, and we don't get that here in the Southwest. And so, um, that would be totally something new and exciting for us to do. And I would love to try that. We're going to be doing that a little bit more of that next year. So yeah, that's, uh, something just branch out, do something different, go to a workshop, go to a different country, you know, travel, go to a different state. 
uh, for me, just going up, finding that, you know, a little canyon 10 minutes from my house was cool and exciting. And that's something I like to do every now and then. So, and you know, you know I'm going just, to label this podcast title and say, we asked advice or say something about advice for a four-year veteran. I'm not going to say specifically what the advice was. Mm-hmm. Like I could title it and say how to deal with burnout, No, no. but no, I don't no. want to give it away because right. I want to see, and now you guys are listening to it. What was it that everyone was leaning and now towards? they know at this point. So yeah, <laughs> yeah they do. So Interesting advice that we got from our admins. We might have one more coming up, but let's go ahead and take a last break of the podcast. We'll come back. I'll give my personal piece of information that I wasn't going burnout at all. I had a couple other things. I know. We had three other things we were going to talk about. And burnout was just something they brought up and was interesting. And I think it's really cool. And it's, it's going to make, it's going to, it's going to, um, Uh, not make sense it's going to basically jive with everyone else's thoughts Mm -hmm. because we're all probably going through that one way or another we've all been there or going there so that's awesome let's take our last break of the podcast come back do our three segments and have a gear time for you okay welcome back to the photog adventures podcast we're talking about advice for a four-year plus veteran because we always Mm. talk about beginner stuff let's talk about advice so here's the way here's the thing i wanted to pose to you brendan with my answer. So the way I'm going to okay. do this is answer our initial question to each other, and I'm going to talk about three specific areas and then give my advice in okay. them, and then you haven't had a chance to talk about those areas in that way, so you right. go ahead and chime in. Okay. So f- each each area, too, chime in with me. So okay. we'll, we'll change the topic together. So when I think about four-year veteran advice, I think about composition what what composition differences did i have in the first year versus my fourth year Mm -hmm. what differences did i have in post-processing in my first year versus my fourth year Mm -hmm. and then what differences at the camera and preparation and shooting for me different in the first year versus the fourth year Mm -hmm. so let's talk first about how to deal with composition when i started and I started in the first year, I always wanted my Milky Way to be on the right, and I always wanted to match it up with something that was close to the camera. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always trying to get something close. I'd get the silo really big. I'd get the other things really big. And so I'd have one element that I needed to feature with the Milky Way, one element with the sunset. Or, to kind of keep it clean, right? You don't just want a yeah. clean composition no distractions. You know exactly what your subject is. Yes. And you were coming from an interesting um, background because they had taught you that all at Disney, right? Yeah. And the stuff that I'd already had naturally, plus what I learned in Disney marketing is that you had a subject. We're featuring Mr. Incredible. I'm going to feature Mr. Incredible. Mm -hmm. And so then I'd have a complimenting aspect of land Mm -hmm. to feature it. Well, I'm featuring the Milky Way. So I'm going to have some complementary single elements that aren't going to distract from the Milky Way. My landscape was, you know, last. Now, hint, next week's Monday patron-only podcast is going to be Wayne Pinkston. Mm -hmm. Wayne Pinkston is a master of having landscapes included in his Milky Way shots. And his shots are beautiful. Oh, they are beautiful. He has a beautiful gallery. So if you're a patron, you're going to get that episode. Check it out. $5 and up patrons. Those guys, all of you are going to have access to this. So here's the thing. 
I would look at something from the simplicity of what my one subject is going to be in mm-hmm. my first year. Mm-hmm. And in the fourth year, I basically started branching out to more complex landscapes, wider landscapes, up close, intimate landscapes that then also had the Milky Way, also mm-hmm. had the sunset. Mm-hmm. It was like one item for my composition turned into four to six. Mm-hmm. And so I think as a four-year veteran, you're not, if you're not, if you're not already you know, bring more elements into your images, challenge yourself with more compositional elements, compositional rules Mm. in your four year. Any thoughts on that with composition? Yeah. So composition wise, I mean, I learned, like I said, composition back in high school doing video and the same rules apply more or less to photography, but, um, it wasn't until, I mean, and that was like, there's a 15 year gap between that time and the time that you and I started going out, yeah, it's almost actually closer to twenty. I mean, it was oh, a wow. it was a big gap. You are 70. of time, so um, and I'm still considered young, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. By people who haven't I'm seen, I'm old you. to somebody. <laughs> Just kidding. <And> so, <laughs> I'm older than millennials and teenagers and are like, guys. oh my gosh, I never want to be forty. Anyways, um, so when I started hanging out with you, and you were like so like more focused on composition then I started picking up a lot of cues and learning actually a lot of from you because I'd been so relaxed in my compositions and not really focusing on them so much just because it kind of came naturally to some degree cool. like there's certain shots that I remember you looking at me like oh yeah I really like that the composition and I'm like oh I didn't even think about that I just like, took I a shot because I, I liked it but because <laughs> my composition was like in the back of my mind not in the forefront of my mind ah uh, yeah yeah and so bringing that more out of the subconscious and consciously thinking about my compositional elements. Yes, my compositions are, I think, stronger now than they were even when I first started um, shooting Milky Way with you specifically. And because when I first started shooting Milky Way, it was just like, I'm just pointing straight up and being like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just the Milky Way in the scene and nothing else. <laughs> and so obviously from, you know, from that first um, probably three months or so, to where we are now is huge difference. I mean, we focus, we can focus so much more on the elements around us and then lighting is a whole nother thing that you can do in your composition, which is something we've done a lot better at lately as well. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to see that progress and to see where I can focus on next and grow, grow that. Sweet. I think very similar to that is our complications, or I guess you'd say the complexities of our post-processing where Aaron King wasn't as post-processing in the beginning in his first year, he was JPEGs. And it's not just mm-hmm. that he was mm-hmm. JPEGs, but it didn't require post-processing. Mm. I captured images and they just looked good at a camera with a JPEG, yeah. actual contrast and all of that added in. It looked okay. Yeah. There's images. There's one image of a, of a, it's kind of an old barn or something that has a big field of flowers that are all yellow. Mm. And I took a close up shot of this barbed wire fence that's rusty. Yeah, yeah. And you see the yellow field and then this barn in the background all in bokeh. And I took that back in 2005. And that image right there has been the background for my iPhone from the beginning. Mm. And I just recently changed my background of my iPhone to more Milky Way related. I, oh no, it's still it. It's still there. (laughs) Okay. I think I'm stuck on that picture, but there, there's nothing in there that's post-processing. All I did was Mm. pull the picture out and I think crop it. Mm -hmm. I didn't bring up my brightness or any sort of saturation. I didn't bring up any sort of contrast. It was just, that was how the picture turned out. It was Mm. more of a, did I capture it well versus uh, I think so. What can I bring out of this shot? Yeah. 
And then four years into my photography, I'm shooting raw. I'm creating what I saw with my eyes, but bringing it out to an area that like to a level that instantly communicates that to the viewer. Mm -hmm. That's what Aaron saw. That's what Aaron loved about mm -hmm. the image. And so I don't do composites, but I do blends that I'll actually have a tripod in one place and mm -hmm. do a time blend mm -hmm. where I can bring a blue hour in with lights plus a sunset you know, really cool stuff that I love mm -hmm. about blending. And so all of that is such so much more complex. It involves bringing in Photoshop where before it would just be the viewer of the image or Lightroom eventually, mm -hmm. and now Photoshop. And so I've actually used Photoshop long before I used Lightroom. So I was yeah. lucky. So I yeah. knew Lightroom or Photoshop well before I even thought about using my pictures. Yeah. And so there's just a complexity. Advice for a four-year-plus veteran is bring up your your complexity try something different go into a style of photography that is a style of post-processing and mm. try and do it or buy a ted gore landscape lesson buy a nick page lesson oh, yeah, yeah. and then you can learn their style of post-processing and challenge yourself bring it up it's almost like the burnout thing where you try something else and learn something and bring your passion back into it by mm -hmm. challenging yourself more in post-processing yeah, yeah. Uh, my post-processing has been dramatically different, too. I mean, I was uh, using Apple Aperture software for probably four or five years. Oh, yeah. I never and used Lightroom it. Lightroom had been into the third version, I think, of Lightroom by the time I finally switched over. Because there was no way I was going to switch over the first year it came out. And the second year, I was still just, like, hanging on to Aperture, like... No, I like this too much. Like I've got all my library here. Like there's no way I'm going to transfer 40,000 images, <laughs> you know, and at that time I had 40,000 images Which and now I have like amounts. probably three times as much now. Um, but, uh, it was just like the dreaded thought of transferring all those photos over to another system. And by the time I realized two years later that Aperture was not going to be updated, Adobe Lightroom was like in its third version. And I'm like, okay. I'm obviously in a dead end situation here. You needed something I else. I need to go to something else. So <laughs> I had to switch over. I was already part of, you know, that's when I finally bit the bullet and actually did like the whole um, CC when it came out. And I thought, okay, 50 bucks a month, just get everything. I'm going to use it all anyways. So what the heck? So got Lightroom, transferred everything over. And uh, then when you and I started getting together and shooting raw, um, cause the first few times it was just JPEGs, we're like, wait, we, we need to shoot raw cause we can get more data and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, duh. Why wouldn't we do that earlier? And so, um, and then learning bracketing shots, like you'd said, like is a big deal getting the HDR playing with that. I always loved having more dynamic range to play with, but even still today, one of the technical challenges that I like is I don't really bracket all the time. So Drew and I just went out on Sunday and he was bracketing most of his shots I was taking a single shot for most of my things. I don't think I even did a single bracketed shot ever the whole trip um, upon Sunday. We took maybe a couple hundred images, you know? Okay. Yeah. And um, normally with the landscape stuff, I'd be bracketing, especially with, you know, long exposure, stuff like that. But I mean, I'm taking like, you know, I'm taking anywhere from an eight to 30 second exposure and a single shot and it's overcast or it's like the, the, the or the sun had already set and it was, we're getting some dim Dynamic light. range isn't all that high. And when you're doing when you're doing a specific subject like waterfalls, you don't really need to bracket. I mean, you can if it's like daylight, but you don't want to or shoot you waterfalls really, in daylight. Really dark, shadowy areas you'll want to, right? Potentially, right? But my camera was already sensing that it was getting darker, and it was just setting twenty seconds to thirty seconds instead, and absorbing more light that way. Were you running on Aperture Priority? 
Uh, yes. Or shutter priority? Yeah, I, I usually shoot after priority like 95% of the time. I didn't know that about you, actually. Yeah. I shoot yeah. manual I control for my, everything. My, my, my controls are basically I want I control my f-stop and the and my distance of focus, and that's and the camera does the rest. I set my ISO to 100, and then my exposure time is basically based on what my aperture is. So, um, And with this kind of... You know, waterfalls are kind of an intimate landscape, and so you usually shoot anywhere from nine five, f nine five to f thirteen, and you're going to get a nice clear shot from foreground to background. And you know, I learned a little tip on for focusing somewhere near the lower. So you're kind of going into my third topic, sorry, yeah. with how you handle like the image taking, and so oh, you're yeah. kind of covering that. But yeah. is this based on your post processing or your yeah, post processing so, dependent on? Yeah, this? yeah, and so that's the thing is, as you get more experience, you realize that the camera picture or the picture you take in the camera will determine so much more uh, behind yeah. the scenes. Right. So if you get a good shot up front, you have so much less processing to do, you know? And if you're in a situation where you know, you can't get the lighting right, then that's when you bracket. That's when you know, but you learn those experience by the processing, by your level of experience of processing, it kind of forces you to be a better photographer out in the field. And so it's this really like interesting that. give and take, right? Yeah. You I know. think I like that a lot. And I can distill that last thing you're saying in when you begin, you have a bunch of insurance exposures. And then mm-hmm. as you get more of a veteran, you don't need all those insurance exposures. Yeah, you're no. not concerned mm-hmm. that that aperture might have been a bad one mm-hmm. or it might not have been sharp. And so you take four or five different apertures. You you know what you want out of the shot and what you can get with your camera at that point. And you know your lens is better and all that stuff, right? Exactly, so, yeah. exactly. So let's go into the last one, and that kind of carries into what you already been saying. So you can jump in if you want to okay. first. Do you want to go into the topic no, first? No, go, go for it. I'll... Okay, so handling we mentioned this in our two-year episode a few weeks back and it's just interesting how in the situation i'm arrived i'm finding my composition the difference of my first year versus now and i just think now for a four-year veteran what can advice can you give someone who is dealing with the well this is all very easy i Mm. think i think it's sort of the topic of the night get out of your habits, even if they're bad or good, get out of your rut if you're in one, get get out of your normal and do something a little different. So Mm -hmm. you consistently shoot with a tripod, handhold. You consistently handhold, use a tripod and go long exposure. Mm -hmm. You consistently never use filters, try Try some some. filters, you know, things like that in the in the moment that you can change. I think what I want to do to mix mine up is do a gigapanos more. Mm, I think Jeff Peterson's been impressing really <laughs> me with some of those that he's been pulling out. Mm-hmm. And knowing that I don't print, I don't care as much, but just the idea of being tack sharp, mm. zooming into the detail, that seems amazing. It's pretty awesome. I mean, I did a, I did a near gigap, I think it pretty actually was, actually was a gigapano of the Kolob Canyon. That was even uh, two, almost two years ago. That's where I know Jeff has done a gigapanel. That's, that's why great I put on my 85 great millimeter subject for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you put on a prime lens like an 85, right, or uh-huh. 100, or something around those around that range, and then you just take picture after picture after picture after picture, and you just methodically go through, and you get like you can get up to 100 of these, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you get a if you stitch together 100 of these images, I mean, a you're going to bring your computer to your knees, so you have to have a very powerful computer to stitch a gigapanel. I guarantee you your program's going to crash the first time. It'll be an overnight process. 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Mine took almost an hour to process. Which seems like an eternity now. Yeah. And so, but the but the picture itself is so huge that when you do zoom in, I mean, you see this little tiny tree and you hit, you hit one-to-one, all of a sudden that tree almost fills the screen and you're like, dang, <laughs> I can see that tree like perfectly clear. It's amazing. It's really cool. It's so really fun. I would take the third one and just distill it down and say that from the difference of your first year to your third year, you're kind of just lucky if you capture what you're meaning to capture in your fourth year. Yeah, and you feel really excited about, oh man, I yeah, freaking I got it. it. I and that's it. like the yeah. one thing you do. Then the fourth year, you get out there and you find yourself not only not worrying that you got it because you know exactly what you want, you almost find yourself getting into position later than you used to because you know what you're looking for and you're trying to find just the right composition. And then you capture it without any extra effort and you take it, but then you could, you know, get into the rut. Like everything else has mm-hmm. been brought up with advice for four years. You sometimes get to the point where the passion isn't in it as much. You get burned out. You're in a rut. Well, mix it up, try something new. And in that area of what you do in place on the location, try a different methodology. If you haven't done panoramas, do panoramas. You do panoramas, mm-hmm. do gigapanos. If you're doing something else that you've never done and it's hand holding your camera and not trusting it, do more hand holding and get some shots some angles that you've never done before. Yeah. Mix it up. I think a lot of photographers go through this kind of step step by step process, I think. I think a lot of photographers after four or five years they they feel like they need to experience something different and do something different. And I think that's where a lot of people start traveling more at that time. Mm. I mean, there's nothing like going to a new location to really bring like that excitement oh, back. Oh, yeah, you know? right? Like going to the Faroe Islands for us was just, for me, it was just unbelievable. My, my eyes were just in <laughs> feast mode all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I couldn't even blink because it's just like, this place is freaking incredible and I want to shoot all of it. But then the technical challenges, I've never been here before. I don't know how to shoot this because I just need to shoot everything you because don't I don't know, even know like how to this approach this. Elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. And so you have to, so luckily we were able to spend a week there. And so by the end of the week, I'm just like, okay, I got this. I know how to approach this scene now because I've done this three times before and now I'm going to nail it, you know? Yeah. And whereas the first day, I was just like, I freaking never know where to start. You know, like, oh my gosh, like, do I go wide? Do I go tight? What do, what do I do here? And so um, it's really cool to be in a new location and spend time in a location to really get to understand it, get to know it. So you can actually get some really good shots when you're there instead of just being like depressed when you get home, be like, oh crap, I missed every single shot. Like it was sucky, you know? <laughs> but if you spend like a week at some place and really go out every day, then you can have something you can go home and be like, yeah, dude, that was awesome. That was an awesome shot. I like that note to end on is that get out of your comfort zone and get out of your zone, mm-hmm. your zone of influence, your zone of familiarity, your zone that you live in. And meet new photographers. Yeah. And hang out with other photographers and get to know them and get to know their styles and yeah, all that cool stuff. It's really the ultimate advice for a four year veteran Mm -hmm. is to get out and do something new Mm -hmm. for any reason to get better, to get enjoying it. Yeah. Steel wool guys. Oh man. We haven't hung out with them in a while. We should do it. I know. I was just thinking like steel wool. (laughs) So let's get to the end of this podcast and do a gear time. And I just want to bring up this gear time because we talked about it on our Milky Way course and it was was, do I or don't I get a camera body that I've never tested? I mm. want to buy a new camera, a good 
cost range is the Canon 6D Mark II. Right, And right. I was asked, you know, what do you recommend? I personally haven't used that astropho- that camera for astrophotography. No, you have the Mark One. I, I have the, the Mark One. Okay. There's differences, but there's some really great differences. So I have some thoughts, but just, Brendan, how do you as a gear guy approach deciding on buying something that you just don't know enough because you've never touched it yourself? Mm-hmm. How do you find out? I should pull the trigger and buy it. So a lot of things that I did when I first bought, when I bought my Mark III. So I was looking at, at the used camera market because I'm, I got a budget and I was looking at the 5D Mark II because it has a lot of potential. You can, you can actually hack it with Magic Lantern and do a lot with the Mark II. More than you can so with the Mark III even. Really? Yeah. Oh. But when I looked at image quality, I did a lot of research. So I looked at a lot of pictures, like places like 500px, and places where they have really good professional photographers, but you can do a search like on Flickr and stuff like that. Actually for like, filter it Actually by filter camera. for Mark II, 5D Mark II. And nice. see, boom, boom, boom. See all the pictures. Okay, 5D Mark II, and then maybe comma, and then whatever you, your search is set up, but you can search for like maybe 5D Mark II Milky Way, and 5D Mark II, you know, uh, landscape, stuff like that. And you can see like a, lo- a large range of what that camera can do. And then I looked up the 5D Mark III and saw that the night performance, everybody was talking about like, oh my gosh, the nighttime performance is so much better than Mark III. It's like night and day difference, like huge. And I'm like, okay, so I need to start focusing on a Mark III because the Mark II is nice and cheap. I can get one for like 500 bucks, but I can get a used Mark III for like 12, 15, between 12 and 1500 if I'm lucky. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what, I think actually it was like 1600. I, I like mine. that tip a lot because you're research. thinking about just... Do your research is so vague sometimes but as visually, how, though. but this is great because now I can say specifically you need to go out there and just do a search at some place like 500px, anywhere Flickr, that you can, yeah. Flickr, and say Canon 60 Mark II Milky Way photography. Mm-hmm. You'll find some and mm-hmm. you can look at it and go, I'm okay with this quality mm-hmm. and I know I'm going to love the articulating screen. Right. The articulating screen on the on the 60 Mark II, it has a touch screen. It folds out, bends forward. Mm-hmm. So if you want to vlog with it, you can see. If you want to use it to be in an awkward, awkward position where it's really low or really high, you can angle it down towards you. Right. If you want to do a group shot, angle it towards the front so you can see what the viewfinder looks like for a group shot. And it's a touch screen where you can hit your focus point with that. So focus stacking is easy. Easy. Hit right there. It focuses for you, and you can have it set up where, like on my 5D Mark IV, you can tap that spot. It also initiates the shutter, mm-hmm. so it says, "Okay, here's where you want to focus." And boom, and let go. me capture the shot. Yeah, here's you want to focus, boom, capture the shot. Boom, boom, boom. Quick focus stack. Love that. So there's all these benefits, mm. pluses and minuses that you can find. But I think that intangible, will it work for the photography that I want to do? Yeah. You solved you it, it right there with that advice. I love that one, man. I mean, now I'm thinking like, what a, what a five, what a 6D Mark II be an upgrade from my 5D Mark III? Maybe. I doubt it. You don't think so? I mean, I it's doubt a bigger it just sensor, because better the sensor? sensors, newer. What, what is yours right now for megapixel? Just to go on a tangent, because oh, it's, it's a little bit of an upgrade. Then, yeah, I don't know if it has the dynamic range that you're looking for that a 5D Mark III has. So that's know. the one thing that we were talking about is how people get advice from perspectives that say, "Here's this 
Mark II of the 6D. Mm -hmm. It's come out right now. Other cameras being released right now have a better dynamic range than what this one's being released with. Mm -hmm. So you get the bad reputation that this has a bad dynamic range. No, no, no. It's not worse than the 6D, mm -hmm. and it's not worse in this case. It's just of the new coming cameras out that year, it performs worse, mm -hmm. and it can be minuscule. It can mm -hmm. be a lot. And so question one, So maybe one, I just need to rent bad. one. So maybe I just need to get my hands on one, put my same exact lenses on it, and do I can do a shot by that shot. That was person. the last thing I was going to say is yeah. that rent Sorry. it. <laughs> oh, no, no. You didn't take my thunder. It's okay. <laughs> it became a segue because, yes, rent it and test it. Mm -hmm. Just give it a drive through give it a give it a drive what's the word I'm looking for not a drive through not a drive through not a drive by <laughs> give it a drive uh, by give, give it a, a dry dry, dry run, run. No. Is that, that's not a dry run but I think that's what I was thinking in my head yeah, so yeah. give it a test yeah. give it a try go out and use it and see before you buy mm -hmm. it can be expensive to rent a camera body it can be $130 for a couple days three days but it still can be worth it if it's a local place spending. maybe you can get one for 40 bucks or something you know and that's great especially you can get like a day by day situation mm -hmm. too so try that get out there um, man you four year veterans thanks for listening to the podcast yeah seriously yeah really appreciate it we're going to try and bring more advice for all ages of photographers as well as if you are a patron and you guys follow us there you'll have interviews that teach the processes of all these guys that you may not know and some that you may already revere and idolize mm -hmm. because they're just fantastic photographers so that will happen more and more so thank you guys if you enjoy this content don't thank us thank those patrons who are now going to have more podcasts than you so don't be like them join us thanks so much <laughs> have a good week guys enjoy this podcast and be grateful that I put it up on the audio hey, feed instead of blowing time. it all like right, I did right. last week. <laughs> see ya. All right, see you guys.